0: You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast. To support this podcast, go to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and click donate. But this Christmas, we may not all have someone whose economic debt we can cancel. I get that. But are there other types of forgiveness that we could embrace? Can I participate in restoring Jesus's distributive justice, especially for the marginalized? This is Herb Montgomery with Renewed Heart Ministries, and I want to welcome you to episode 272 of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. It's a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee might have to offer us today in our work of love, compassion, action, and justice. Our title this week is Lightening the Burden of Others, and our feature text is Luke 1, 7- 7 through 78 to give his people the knowledge of salvation through forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven since i was uh, just a young kid even my all-time favorite christmas story has been charles dickens a christmas carol and i don't i don't think it's really possible for for me to even get into the the festive spirit uh, every year without partaking of this story in in some form. Actually, presently right now, our state theater here in Lewisburg is uh, doing a... uh, a, a show, a live theater performance of the Christmas Carol. It's we. They've got equity actors here and some community actors as well. And and two of my kids are actually in the show. So I've gotten an overdose of of the Christmas Carol this year. But but this year I sat down with my younger daughter also to watch uh, the film. Uh, The Man Who Invented Christmas. And I wanted to see it last year when it came out, but we live in such a small town that it it never screened at our local theater. And when I was finally able to watch it, I had to watch it at home. And and to be honest, I love the movie. In in, in the movie, one line from Dickens comes when, when Charles's father... Reminds him, no one is useless in this world who lightens the burden of another. Now, I, I hope this is how I'll be remembered too when my my time here is, is up, as, as one who who lightened other people's burdens. But but why should we stop at lightening burdens? Many burdens are actually made and they could be eliminated entirely. Uh, this line in the film, this 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 saying from Charles's father, it made me think of similar. Similar words from, from Matthew's gospel where Jesus says in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The gospel's Christmas stories, they're rooted in liberating people from the weariness and and the burden-bearing that any form of oppression places on them. And this teaching, it's in every gospel, and Luke's gospel which is where our text comes from this week uh, Luke 1:77 through 78 we read uh, this, this is Zechariah John the Baptist's father who's speaking prophetically uh, of John the Baptist as a, a forerunner of Jesus and 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 according to Zechariah uh, uh, uh John's role would be to give people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven. Now, there are some ingrained, kind of knee-jerk mental pictures of these terms, these mental definitions of these terms that come up when we read this, and I want to push against those a little bit. There's an order here uh, that that struck me first. Salvation here could just as easily be translated as liberation. Salvation, it was not a preoccupation with an afterlife. For, For first century Uh, Jewish people in in Jesus's day, it was much more about participating and making this world a better place in the here and in the now. Many of the Jewish people in Jesus's day, they longed for, for liberation from Roman occupation and oppression. And this is the context in which the gospel writers wrote their story. They tied this liberation uh, here to the idea, and this is significant to the idea of forgiveness. And as as we covered last week, the Hebrew concept of divine forgiveness, it included collective forgiveness for the, the social sins of injustice and the exploitation of the vulnerable. And, and this forgiveness, it was not privatized. It wasn't about individuals or or their personal morality. Some believed that these social wrongs gave an explanation. They explained why they were repeatedly over and over again occupied by by Gentile empires. Foreign occupation, it was seen as a, a punishment that would end when the people made reparations for the collective wrongs and, and divine forgiveness resulted. And liberation, they believed, would result from, and that's what's in this text, and I want you to catch it, the tender mercy of our God uh, forgiving uh, social exploitation. And again, notice the order here. Forgiveness would not result from divine wrath being appeased by a violent death on a cross. An already existing mercy in the heart of the divine is the cause of the forgiveness. And following this, humans who chose to to mirror this forgiveness towards one another, they would then be participating, and we're going to cover this in just a moment, in in a kind of wealth redistribution, a debt cancellation uh, toward shaping a, a distributively just society, which would include those who were previously being marginalized. So in the Gospels, and, and we covered this in the article, A Prayer for Debt's Canceled, when forgiveness isn't from the divine to humans, but it, when it's between humans, human to human forgiveness, the concept has an economic context. Forgiveness wasn't initially about people facing oppression, uh, unconditionally forgiving their oppressors. Instead, it was a call to forgiveness that was originally aimed at the economic elite. It meant a jubilee-like canceling of debts like we find in the Torah. It was a cry for the privileged and the powerful to, to cancel or to forgive all debts, and and, and on behalf of those living under those debts, to lighten their burdens. And and talk about lightening the burdens of another. What would your life be like if every one of your debts were forgiven in one day? Human-to-human debt forgiveness, it was rooted in an already existing forgiveness in the heart of the divine, the one whose, whose heart was already full of mercy. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus explains it like this. This is Matthew 18, 23 through 35. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to pay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, "'Be patient with me, and I'll pay it back,' but he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged, and they went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. "'You wicked servant,' he said. "'I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to.' that the original forgiveness here, it was rooted in the creditor's tender mercy. When the debtor could not pay, the creditor simply forgave the debt. There was no conditions. there There were no contingencies. Initial forgiveness... It had an intended purpose. It should have awakened a spirit of forgiveness in the debtor. And just as the saying goes that hurt people hurt people, forgiven people should forgive People. that's that's not how the Jesus story here though though goes. Jesus' story um, in the story of the debtor he didn't internalize the lesson and he didn't become more forgiving. instead he turned to his own debtors and he exacted payment and his own forgiveness had no conditions uh, but was freely given in mercy. That's the key point we have to remember. But if this forgiveness, this forgiven person, if he failed to internalize the ethics of this forgiveness— and apply them to, to how the, he related to others, that forgiveness, uh, they would forfeit the forgiveness so freely given to him. There, there wasn't a contingency in obtaining the freely given forgiveness, but there was a condition for keeping the freely given forgiveness. And one could lose liberating forgiveness if they failed to forgive toward their own debtors. And the point this week is that those who believe in mercy and in grace and in forgiveness should be the quickest, the first, to not only be recipients of of those ethics, but to be practicing them towards uh, others. Um, We can be very... Christians are notorious for being very grace-oriented in their religion and very law and order-oriented in their their life. And it's also very important to note that that Jesus' teachings on forgiveness, it included reparations. Those who followed him uh, would not only forgive debts— they would also uh, they would offer reparations for past exploitations. Consider the story of the, the wealthy tax collector, Zacchaeus. This is from uh, Luke 19, 7 through 8. All the people saw this and began to mutter. So forgiveness in Jesus's paradigm, it wasn't an individualistic freedom from, from condemnation. It was a, a liberation from debt a reparations for exploitation. and And yes, even a letting go of, of past abuses in the context of those reparations. I don't want to leave that part out. To call for reconciliation, though, without liberation or reparation— that's to perpetuate injustice. It perpetuates violence. It perpetuates oppression. Peace and reconciliation—they are the fruit of forgiveness, but they're also the fruit of justice being restored and of reparations made. And Jesus's teachings on forgiveness included all of uh, of these elements. A community initiative uh, was to set in motion a change in the world. That's what we see in this passage. Forgiveness was to create more forgiving people. And that forgiveness had not just a relational, but an economic context, where even the, the wealthy and the elite would forgive debts. And and it was to, to set in motion, as I just said, a change in the world here and now. The forgiven were to become more forgiving. And all of this is implied in our text this week, to give his people the knowledge of salvation or liberation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven. The myth of redemptive suffering, it, and we've covered this before in multiple series but it destructively teaches that Jesus's cross makes possible the forgiveness of God but this text teaches the opposite knowing salvation or liberation it was to come from forgiveness rooted not in a violent death but in an already existing tender mercy in the heart of God and God's mercy leading to forgiveness leading to liberation from oppression was to to transform people and and and, and become a, a, help them to become uh, a, a more collective, just and safe society. Um, that just and safe society then would be like the, the rising of the sun on a on a brand new day. It would bring new life and, and a new hope, and it would be a, a day spring to us in their language uh, from heaven. And this language harks back to Jeremiah's words, too, in Lamentations. All of this is rooted in that Hebrew prophetic uh tradition. Lamentations 3.22, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Discussions on forgiveness today they are almost always directed towards survivors for calling them to, to give even more. They've already been through so much, and then forgiveness calls them to give one more thing. But, but in the Jesus story, forgiveness was initiated by a wealthy creditor or, or, or an oppressor Towards those in their debt. And then these types of debt cancellations, um, they were to set in motion uh, a change in society, real change, not just a lightening of burdens, but a removal of burdens, uh, an eliminating of burdens all altogether. Um, and these types of debt cancellations, they've been more common throughout history than you might guess. An especially insightful and relevant article was written by uh, Maren Kahn back in 2015, where, where Khan goes through this history. And I would encourage everyone uh, to take advantage of this article. Just take a moment, doesn't take long, and, and just read it and contemplate it. The, the biggest debt write-offs in the history of the world is the title. I'll put a link to it in, in this week's e-site. But Khan rightly states that loans were less... A way to make money than they were a means to help one's fellow man. This is the the Jewish view of, of debt. Given that all worldly wealth and property property belonged ultimately to God, a creditor's rights over it were temporary rather than absolute. If we believe that about debts today, what a radical difference that would make. And Khan goes on to speak about ancient Babylonian practices of smashing debt tablets and, and modern European and other global examples. And these examples for me, I found them to be inspiring and, 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 and they, they gave me all kinds of ideas um, Uh, uh, in regards to present and future possibilities for for debt forgiveness uh, in in our society today. But but this Christmas, we may not all have someone whose economic debt we can cancel. Uh, I get that. But are there other types of forgiveness that we could embrace? Are there reparations for past wrongs that we still need to make? Does someone else's peace and reconciliation is it dependent right now on my apology that I'm withholding? Can I participate in restoring Jesus's distributive justice, especially for the marginalized? So let's keep the spirit of, of this festive time of year in, in these ways and, and set in motion a more beautiful world both today and for tomorrow. Luke 11, or Luke 1, sorry, 77 through 78 to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from Heaven. Heart Group application last month we uh put a link to it also but we asked our heart groups to participate in a show of love that was being initiated by Auburn Seminary in New York towards the the Tree of Life congregation and 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 I'm happy to share the, so an update on this. Um, that project generated nearly 2000 messages of love and support for the Tree of Life congregation and and I want to put a link you can you can read um, the on Auburn's website. You can you can read all of these messages. These nearly two thousand messages um, at uh, uh, well the the link. For those of you who, who can remember this from just the podcast, it's a bit.ly link. So it's bit.ly forward slash tree of life. Thanks. And if that doesn't work, just go to our website and click on the, the link in this week's e-site. But but take a moment this week and together as a heart group, read through uh, some of these. And I also want to remind each of you of our special request from you as, as we end uh, 2018. Renewed Heart Ministries, we've been been in existence for over a decade now. But over the last four years, we've gone through, and many of you have witnessed this, through quite a transition. We've become a welcoming and affirming ministry, and we've also become more intentional and passionate about the intersection of the teachings of Jesus in the gospels with our work today of love and compassion and action and, and justice in our in our larger society. It's been a time of rebirth and rebuilding here at Renewed Heart Ministries. And as a as a result, it hasn't been without challenges, but but as a result, we believe we're a much healthier ministry with a much healthier uh, focus. So th- this year, uh, what we want to share with you is that, that these changes, although they have been beautiful, they have not been... Without deep loss. And we're asking you to help us avoid a budget shortfall in 2018. Many Christian ministries, when they become welcoming and affirming, they go through this transition time of, of loss and, and rebirth. And uh, we have so many projects that we would still like to see come to fruition in 2019. And we would love to be able to expand both our, our online presence as well as a, a, the number of free teaching seminars that we conduct across. The nation. We have one coming up in in Southern California in Glendale, uh, in the first weekend of March, I believe. But it, also, there's an initial edit that's been completed for my upcoming book. It's going to be a, a sequel to Finding the Father, and the title for this new book, this second book, will be Finding Jesus. And it's about our our journey from the first book to where we are today. And and we would love, I would love, to see this manuscript be able to go through its final stages and and go on to publish this next year in 2019. And many, again, many of you already know, uh, uh, to help Renewed Heart Ministries this year, a very generous donor has also pledged to match all the donations to this ministry, both for this past month in November and and this present month, December. So if you've been blessed by uh, this year's work of Renewed Heart Ministries, if you've been blessed by our ministry, take a moment and, and this holiday season Support our work. Uh, you can do so by going to our website at RenewedHeartMinistries.com and clicking Donate, or you can mail your contribution to Renewed Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 1211, Lewisburg, West Virginia, 24901. And if, again, if you want your donation to be matched, uh, just make sure it's postmarked by December 31st. Help us continue to grow this ministry in 2019 as as we, together with you, continue to follow Jesus more deeply in the healing work of love, compassion, action, and justice for the marginalized. Thank you so much in advance. I love each one of you dearly. Uh, There's not going to be a podcast or an e-site next week due to the holidays. So to each one of you, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We'll see you in 2019.